0: You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk about imposter syndrome for CPTs, and I think this is an important topic to go over because I've experienced it throughout my career in multiple different phases, and I know a lot of you experience it too. I know that some of you have this feeling of imposter syndrome, so I'm going to share with you a little bit about how I've felt like an imposter in certain situations throughout the years. One, when I first started as a as a personal trainer, like I'm not a big guy, so I'm 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 almost 5'9", almost, uh, weigh at the time when I first started training, about 160, 165 pounds. And uh, I didn't feel like a personal trainer, even though my relative strength was superior. My overall strength wasn't. I wasn't a big guy, uh, and I didn't have a degree in the field. And so I came in also initially without any certifications. And so my imposter syndrome as, uh, you know, that feeling of I'm not good enough. We look at the Cleveland Clinic's uh, website. They talk about imposter syndrome. And it's Susan Albers, who is a doctor of psychology, says it's, quote, the feeling that everyone else knows exactly what they're doing, but you feel lost, you have this fear that the people around you are going to figure out that you don't know what you're talking about and expose you as a fraud and that is exactly how i felt on so many occasions i'm not i'm not certified when i initially got working as a personal trainer so i went through a course and it's a course that all the trainers had to go through a foundations course to to learn about fitness but then we had to get a national certification so i got Uh, NASM, I started with that one, but I also read the ACE manual cover to cover, um, because I didn't feel like I ever knew enough. And then when I got that certification from NASM, I was like, well, I, since I don't have a degree and I feel like all these other people around me are smarter than me and know more about training. And let's be honest, they are already trainers. They have some experience. They did know more about training than I did, but I felt like such an imposter because I'm getting paid the same amount they're getting paid. They're they're well, I mean, except for the people who have tiered up, but you know what I'm saying? Like anybody that's just starting out, whether you're new or veteran, like I'm the personal trainers, the clients are still paying X amount of dollars for my services, which isn't that much different than anybody else that worked there. And here I am new completely unlearned when it came and I felt like I knew what I was talking about until I saw the trainers around me and doing their programmings, which were really cool and then uh, and then you get the NASM textbook and you're like I'm supposed to know this stuff I'm a I'm a, I'm a lost cause right now so I got more certs and I got more certs and I felt like all right well that's that's not, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I need to earn my ability to say that I'm getting paid as much as these other people. So I went and got all like the biggest certifications, top three certifications that I could find. And then I started going into specializations. And then I started teaching for this company, Town Sports International, at, a, uh, at New York Sports Clubs in Manhattan way back in 2004. 2003 started teaching for them. And then I felt it all over again because there's a doctor of physical therapy. There's a chiropractor teaching courses. There are people that have degrees in biology and exercise science and health science. And here I am just somebody with a communications and theater degree that didn't know what I'm doing. I got, I got some good search though. And, uh, I didn't feel like enough, and then a few years later, in 2006, I started with NASM. Boy, I almost didn't apply, because I didn't think I was worth it. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have the degrees uh, that you're supposed to have. I didn't didn't have the things that I needed to have, and I had talents. I had talents getting up in front of people and talking to people and teaching, and I, I held on to that, and then... I went to shadow somebody, I've shared this story, his name was Eric Beard, and I went to shadow him, he worked at NASM at the time. And I thought, well, if I have anything, at least I've got the ability to speak in front of a group and I can I can use that. And then I saw him speak in front of a group and I was like, I know nothing, he's so good. I have to learn everything from nothing. And so I started back again I started studying and I went back to school and and here's the thing like when you start doing you start getting involved in this imposter syndrome this this thing where you're not good enough where you're saying I'm not worth it or uh would I pay that much for my own services no I wouldn't pay for me or I'm lucky I'm just lucky to have this job I'm lucky to have uh, a client I'm lucky to ever get a raise. I'm lucky to, and you're not, you're not lucky. You keep telling yourself you're not good enough or smart enough or skilled enough, then you can start to talk yourself out of your successes and say that my success isn't based on any accomplishment or any effort or any, uh, intrinsic skill set and learned experience that I have that led to something bigger, better, or greater. And when you get the bigger, better, or greater, you're always thinking, well, now, now that I've got these accolades, somebody that I'm, I'm even more of a target where somebody's going to find out I don't know what I am talking about. They're going to find me out and I will be exposed. So, what are some ways that we can overcome imposter syndrome as? Personal trainers, as certified personal trainers. And I think number one is that and, and and I'm ambivalent with this one. I think it's very important, is that number one, you need to stop comparing yourself to other people. But there's a caveat there. Just like I had a, a caveat in my experience with Eric Beard, which is like, unless it's advantageous to you to feel like that imposter syndrome is creating a space for you to get better and better yourself so i used mine to go back and i still feel this way in many instances and certainly depending on the people i'm around uh i feel like the i feel the same way in instances but you know i can i can turn that around and make it into an advantage how because I did go back I I got more education I got more certification I went back and got degrees in the field and I'm not saying this is what you had to do but I feel I started feeling more confident not necessarily because I was able to to plaster some things on my wall and be like look at those that means that means I'm good because that's not what that means it means I'm educated and I use that education to make me feel more confident in what I do, that I'm delivering a service, not necessarily that's better than any other trainer, but that is worth the money that people are spending to work with me. And when my value goes up and they have to spend more money to work with me, maybe tearing up in a corporate gym, so or as an independent trainer, when it's time to ask for a raise and say, listen, I'm raising my prices. When you can do that, and you feel confident that you're providing a service that is so valuable to those people that it is worth it to them to keep paying you and at a higher rate. Stop comparing yourself to others. I remember when I was a young man doing martial arts, and my shifu, so I did style several styles of kung fu, and Stefan de Reed was my teacher, and he said, uh, how good do you want to be? Because I was, I was good. I didn't have imposter syndrome with martial arts. I felt like I was solid, um, and I wasn't. That's the other thing. I was really like done and Krugering myself in many ways because I hadn't developed as much as a fighter as as I could and and, and should have through um, actual combat. So he said, "How good do you want to be?" And I was, I was more less of a combat fighter and more of a stunt fighter. So I wanted to be. Like Jackie Chan. I think he knew that. He knew I was going to say Jackie Chan. Uh, I loved, I idolized Jackie Chan and his movies and his stunts and everything he did and his ability to do the acrobatics, which I would do uh, the flips and the twist and the turns and the, and the high flying twirly, twirly, whirly kicks. And he said, I love that. You said you want to be better than Jackie Chan. And this is when he, he kind of helped me put my head on straight where he said, just try to be better tomorrow than you are today. And he goes, and if you make those small incremental changes throughout your life, you'll never have to worry about being better than Jackie Chan because you will be on par with, you can be a colleague of, you will be at a level where you feel comfortable and confident that you have done everything you needed to do, which is going to get you to places. And if you're never as good as Jackie Chan, it doesn't matter because you feel comfortable and confident that you've developed and progressed in your life. And that was very meaningful. All right, so that's, you know, number one, stop comparing yourself to, to other people. But number two, explore why you feel the way you feel. Like, look into it. See what that means to you. Why do, I, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? And you might point to somebody. You might point to yourself. You might point to a background in history. But you have to think this out and start exploring what that means. Why am I not good enough? Because there are so many people that know nothing and think that they know everything. And that, my friends, is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger effect is uh, when people who are new or amateur think themselves to be elite. And the funny thing is, is that the more that you learn, the more you realize that you know nothing. So when you talk to people who seem really smart and they speak from a place of credibility, and yet they also talk about how they, we really don't know a lot of things, then that's valuable to hear somebody that's that informed saying that they don't know because you can talk to the person who just started as a fitness professional that thinks they know everything because they played high school football and we went to state. So, if you think you know nothing, you are farther along than many other people that think they know everything. I'll say it one more time. If if you think you know nothing, you are probably farther along than those people who think they know everything. All right, that's number two. Explore the feelings that you're feeling when it comes to imposter syndrome. Explore what that looks like. Explore the meaning and what that's based in. Number three, I say that you should practice what you preach. And by that, I mean when it comes to your programming and your training. The more comfortable you get when you are training your own programming style that you do for other people, are you doing that for yourself? And the more you do it for yourself and you see the change and the progress in self, it makes you feel more confident that you can make those changes in other people. Get it now. This is an N of one. You were working on you, but that's really the only person we can really work on. We can only train and coach other people, but we are working on ourselves. And the more comfortable we get with the progress that we make, the more we feel like I am worth it. I am doing the right things. I am somebody that people should pay money to in order to help them get to where they want to go when it comes to their fitness goals. But you got to practice that. You got to be part of this process that you were laying out for other people. Now, does that mean that you should be able to barbell snatch weight that, that some of your clients might be able to do? That doesn't mean that. Some of the best football coaches in the world never played at an elite level, but they are elite coaches. Some of the best people at teaching and coaching others were not necessarily the best at performing. And vice versa, some of the best athletes in the world aren't necessarily good coaches, and we've seen that multiple times throughout uh, throughout history when it comes to these players trying to take on the role of coaches. But that's for you to practice what you preach. Number four, just learn more about training. And when I say learn more about training, I mean always learn more about training, Right? Uh, ABL always be learning. Keep that education going. As a lifelong learner, we are taking time to to not just ingest information, but to digest information, to take it and to take uh, take it in, peel it apart, and then figure out how we relay that back to other people. So learn more about training always, and be on top of it now. We want to also, initially, and this is number five. Initially, we want to go wide with our education, and we don't need to go very deep. We just need to have a breadth of knowledge that allows us to start getting an idea. This is like um, this is like your core courses when you start maybe at university or something. You kind of have to do a broad stroke of general courses, bring in information, and then then you can start identifying whether or not that's something that you are going to. To do like, what am I going to focus on? Math? Am I focus on science? Am I going to focus on communications? What am I? What is my focus? And at that point, it's time to go narrow and to go deep. So we are really focusing on something that we want to have a niche capacity in. And for some people, that might be uh, Olympic lifting, or kettlebell, or weight loss specialty, or women's fitness, or wellness coaching, or uh, program design. But we're going to take a broad education, and then you can start narrowing that down, and, and go deep into the content, and have a deeper, stronger understanding. And so that way, when people feel like, you know, and they're new to the industry, and they're like, oh, I know everything, and then they mention something that's your area of focus, and they feel like that's everything, then you just go, all right, well, I mean, there's a lot more to be learned. And that's an oversimplification of a much more complicated and nuanced situation. Uh, At some point, if you'd like to learn more, then I can refer you some articles and things like that. I wouldn't offer to sit down and try to teach them or coach them or mentor them unless they possibly want to pay you for that. But people that take the time to read something are taking the time to learn it. Some people that take the time to hear what you say, and then they'll hear it, and then they'll turn around and say, and now I know everything because I spent 20 minutes listening to this person talk about it. So that's not how life works either. So overcoming imposter syndrome, these are things that I think are valuable, things that I hope you have a nice takeaway with. If you've got questions for me and you want to know about anything in particular, feel free to reach out to me. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickrichie or email me at rick.richie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.